I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome back to the Roker Report Extra Podcast. You join us after two wins, so most of us are in a far cheerier mood heading into Saturday's away game at Central Bank, Lincoln City. It's our first visit since the Peter Reid days, I believe, if that's correct. And to chat all things Lincoln City, we've got Michael Horton of BBC Radio Lincolnshire. How are you doing, Michael? Are you well? Very good, thank you. Good. Now, I'll kick straight off, straight away. Obviously, you've just been promoted, but been a bit of a topsy-turvy return to League One for the Imps, to be honest. How would you sum up the first two months of the season? I think if you'd asked me that question after four games, I was gonna, I would have been like on seventh heaven on cloud nine, all those sorts of <laughs> things, because it was an incredible to, to come up. And most of us, well, certainly I was a realist, some might say a pessimist. I was thinking mid-table, sort of lower mid-table will be a good return to League One, a, a division we haven't been for more than 20 years. Um, and then we've had a lot of, you might say, reality biting, just one win in the last 11 games in League and Cup. And I would say it's been a it's been a, a rocky, rocky return to, to League One. Obviously, a big part of that is with the management team moving on as well. Yeah, because when I when I did my own League One preview, I think I took you to be 10th. But I said, don't be surprised if, you know, you end up going there or thereabouts to the playoffs because... I think onward momentum can be so huge. And, and did you feel that onward momentum of the promotion and of, you know, Danny Cowley being head of the club? Did you feel that momentum from pre-season? Yeah, I, I think it's been beyond pre-season. It's been three years of momentum. You have to remember, we had dates when the Cowleys came in of about two and a half, three thousand. 3,000. We now have more than 6,000 season ticket holders. We've had two promotions in three years. The other year, we got to the Checker Trade final and beat Shrewsbury who are at higher level to win our first ever appearance at Wembley. So the momentum was absolutely there. I think it still is there. It, it's waned a little bit, it inevitably will, but I think that does make such a difference. And I've no doubts that the, the first four games were benefiting from that onward momentum and players coming in and thinking, well, we're just joining a, 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 a something that always goes forward. And now a lot of these players have suddenly realised they've got to help it go forward. Yeah, no, very much so. No, obviously... Danny Cowley has left the Grant Huddersfield. But what I was quite interested in is the rise of LinkedIn, really, because as you said, it's, it's been quite a, a big upward trajectory. Um, how did it begin and, and how did it sow its seeds of success, shall we say? I think you'd have to go all the way, a bit back a bit further than Danny and Nicky Cowley. The, the board was always struggling 
to get finance in. The same I know in a lot of football clubs, but Lincoln being a little bit um, out on a limb where it is, and I'm sure you'd say the same, perhaps that where you are as well, but certainly Lincoln would view itself as a little bit out on the limb, struggled to get investment in, and it was it was in truth a club that hadn't come to terms of being relegated out in the Football League. Even four or five years on, it was still in mourning. There was still recriminations going on about this, whens and whys, about why the team had gone out of the Football League. And so into this comes Clive Nates, who is... Um, I wouldn't say shy, but he's not somebody who goes and speak, seeks the limelight too much. But he came in from South Africa as an investor. Now, it was a bizarre route for him because he's actually an Everton fan. You may recall there was a bit of a trend about 15 years ago about the idea of, of feeder clubs. And there was a suggestion at one stage that Lincoln might become a feeder club to Everton. He's an Everton fan, took an interest in Lincoln. That stayed with him for those, what, 10, 15 years or so. And then he, and then eventually he became an investor in Lincoln. But he's driven more and more investment into Lincoln financially. Oh, big money for Lincoln, not big money for teams perhaps in the Championship and in the Premier League. That's given them a basis. And then we, the previous manager um, stood down with about a month and a half to go in the football season, Chris Moises, which gave the board about six to eight weeks without a rush, end of season, Lincoln weren't getting relegated, weren't getting promoted, and they brought the Cowleys in. And I think what the Cowleys saw in Lincoln is all the things that many of us have always said. Lincoln is out on its own, which means that there's a lot of potential to become, you know, not as big as Norwich and Ipswich, but have that sort of pull of being the centre of a county. I mean, Lincoln do have the competition, obviously, of Scunthorpe and of Grimsby, whereas Norwich and um, Ipswich don't really have that. But there was always a feel that Lincoln could be more than the sum of its parts. And I think the Cowleys just came in at the right time. They had good investment, should never be hidden that there was good finance there. But they also had a way of connecting with fans of whatever age and whatever gender. With the, you mentioned connection, and I think that's been a huge thing at Sunderland over the past few years, despite the fact that inevitably we failed to have any success in terms of like actually winning things. Did that connection just come from the, the management team or did it also come from sort of the higher echelons? How did those, we, we talked about it off air in terms of mm. how many fans now go to Lincoln. And for those who don't know, you, you pack the place out now, which is different mm. to previous. And that is always about fan engagement and success. So away from the success, how was the engagement? How did how did that sort of begin? Where did that come from? I mean, Daddy went to play. If, if you invited in the early <laughs> days, in the first year, if you invited Danny to a fate, he'd go to that fate. He'd go to a lot of events. He was also one, and I'm sure that you might have seen on television in the last few weeks with Huddersfield as well. Danny is a big one for not just applauding the fans who've travelled away from home, but going across and engaging with them. And I remember, and I know this was a bit later on in the story, but the, the, the last game in the conference in the National League was away at Southport. Danny spent an hour and a half walking around the fans shaking hands, talking to every single fan, doing selfies. When Lincoln played away against Everton in the, in the Cup last season, he suddenly turns up in the middle of Liverpool uh, at, at some bars where the Lincoln City fans were and just engaged with them. So look, a lot of it, it can't be stressed enough, came from Danny. But everyone else got aboard the train, his brother Nicky, of course. But directors are you know, very good at going and engaging with different fan groups and making sure that they feel part of the story. And this is what's sort of, we've seen a growth in, in the 617 squadron, which is a group of fans 
who, um, you know, are the, are both the ones that go, your fans that go on Saturday, they'll be the fans you'll notice. They'll be away to your right, just at the top, and they'll start singing five minutes before the game, and they'll finish afterwards. And they did that when Lincoln was 6-0 down against Oxford. They just, uh, you know, they've absolutely bought into it. But then we've got other groups like uh, a Lady Imps group that suddenly sprouted in the last two or three years and have gone from strength to strength. And all of that has come from that, engagement largely Danny but the board as well and the players of going out and being part of their community I, I did very much notice you mentioned the, the ladies group as well and it's there, there is a ladies group that's all about engaging sort of um, young women I think if I could be wrong mm. with this and getting them to see both Lincoln ladies and also Lincoln City as well so it really has expanded across all over the shop basically then there is a much much more engagement i mean it's when when i'm personally searching for someone to be the guest obviously put in lincoln city there was a lot more results for fan-based things than there was mm. sort of maybe with other clubs um yeah. fleet i'm mean, having the, a nightmare with at the moment but lincoln wasn't so much of a problem <laughs> no i mean and I, I can actually the the lady imps the the person who helped found it is a is a personal friend of mine and if i tell a little bit of her story she'll sigh if she hears this because i i do it quite often <laughs> but i think actually it shows Please. you what's happened at lincoln in the sense that maria's got a, a son who's now just turned 16 so he'd have been about 12 or 13 and he used to go to games not all the time but you know reasonably often joe would go to lincoln city games and maria for some reason she went to a lincoln game and it was like her life changed genuinely. You know, she became a, a huge Lincoln fan. Matt Reed was her favourite player. It wasn't, you know, the the normal people that people pick out as a favourite fans player. And, and Maria changed her career and is now working within um, within football, basically not at Lincoln City but elsewhere, uh, working within football. And that's all happened in the last three years. And that's all happened as a result of that. They set up the Lady Imps group, and actually, what it was trying to do is is that there's a women felt like they wanted to go to the game but didn't feel comfortable going on their own and yeah. so what they tried to do is so whatever your age from 70 down to 20 and we had people coming on the radio station saying you know i'm in my 70s i've always wanted to go to central bank and the lady would say well come with us and that's you know that's those little bits have all added together and do the club do any sort of like fan initiatives to get maybe cheaper tickets or, or anything like that or group together tickets do you also go to that extent they do a little bit, but to be blunt, they haven't had to. Um, yeah. You know, they've they've suddenly. When you think Central Bank is around the ten thousand mark, um, and I'm trying to think how many suddenly we bring in, but you'll basically sell out the what is the Stacey West end of the ground. So that's the north end of the ground named after the two um, Lincoln fans who died in the fire at Bradford, hence Stacey West. And I. Th- off the top of my head, I think it's about 2,000, just under maybe, something like that. Something and, along that line, yeah, yeah 1,000 I think. That was set out for, 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 for Sunderland fans, and that's the first time, apart from Everton in the Cup, that that's sold out this season. And then you've got to find room for 6,000 season ticket holders, and the ground only holds 10,000. So you can see very quickly, tickets are becoming at a premium. And I, I know of people who've, who've asked a favour of me, oh, can I get a ticket for the Sunderland game? And the answer has been, yeah, good luck. <laughs> um onto the, the the team itself um mm. we touched before i think i mentioned it was a topsy-turvy beginning to the season but i think from the outside looking in obviously the cowley brothers are a huge loss um i think in terms of league games you've lost four of the last five did the players look a little bit shell-shocked is that what it is 
No, I, I think it's a lot of things. You're always um, you don't want to just like feel like you're criticizing when somebody's left the football club. And so I would say this: if if Danny and Nicky were still here, but the, the squad always felt to us a little bit imbalanced. If you look at the squad now, they've got. I think three players or maybe even four who could play in the 10 role. They've only got two strikers in, in Akinde and Tyler Walker. Um, and they've only got three recognised centre-halves. So it, it kind of feels a little bit of an imbalanced squad. Now, that's not the sole reason, you know, why the results haven't gone their way. And the only thing I would say is that the results, if you look at when the Cowleys left, which was after the game away against Wickham, the results had already been going badly from then. So... There's clearly a lot going on. I think the brutal reality is that either consciously or subconsciously, the players knew that Danny and Nicky were probably going to be going quite soon. I think that's inevitable. Um, And then I I just think also it's that step up in in standard. And quite a few of the players that they bought through, I think, have done well. You know, if you look at Tyler Walker, great five goals. But it's still a, I know he's come from the championship where he's played with. Forest, but his long-term playing has been at, at Mansfield, who in League Two. So he's obviously stepped up to some extent with League One. He's done well, but that's the same for a lot of the players. They've they've had to step up in class or or come out of of um, you know the, the Premier League teams and their youth teams and suddenly play men's football, and that's that's a step up in itself. So Joe Morrell, for example, has come from Bristol City, playing central midfield. I'd argue probably close to being the player of the season so far. You know, a really good uh, moves the ball really quickly, nicely in midfield if he's on his game. But he's had a bit of a stop-start time. He went away on international duty for the first time playing for Wales. And, and so I think they've struggled to establish what they need need to be doing. And it's going to, like, like, we'll come on to Appleton, but I think it's going to take a while longer before Lincoln truly find their feet. We've touched on a, a couple of summer signings already. Tyler Walker being the big one. I think George Grant, although he's been out with the side recently, had a very, very good start. Um, he's such a Joe Morrell. But there's also Jack Payne there. I thought mm. from the outside again looking in that Lincoln's summer business was actually really good for a team that had just come up. But how was it translated on the pitch as opposed to paper? If you'd have said to me, I think it was about a week before the end of the transfer window, maybe a few days less, um, how was the transfer window? All I'd say is we've only got Johnny Kinde as a striker. And Johnny Kinde is not. I mean, he, had, he got close to 20 in the promotion year, but he's not the sort of striker who's going to create lots of stuff around him. He's just not that sort of player. And that, I, I said, we need a Tyler Walker. And hey, presto, Tyler Walker, after Danny had a moan at the board about finance, Tyler Walker comes through the door. And however much of the money that Lincoln are paying and Nottingham Forest are paying, he has been fantastic. He's been everything that Lincoln would want. He just, we just need to get consistent um, feeding of the ball into the box room. He doesn't get enough off the ball for me. And I know that's something that Michael Appleton has talked about. Jack Payne, a good signing, but he can float out of games. He started the season um, very, you know, very strong. George Grant, good player. Can he do it consistently? That would be the, my, my question once again about George Grant. And then you've also got players that are still in the squad from the promotion years. And Bruno Andrade, who for me is... I'm staggered nobody in the championships come looking for him. You know, he does have his off days, but I just think he's got everything that you want in a modern attacking winger. And then Harry Anderson, who's the, probably the, to some extent the fans' favourite, um, because he's been at the club. He's the longest-serving player, probably still one of the younger players at the club. But he's just, he just, he's, one of, he's a bit like um, the roadrunner. You knock <laughs> him down, he gets back up and keeps going, and he keeps going, and he keeps going. So they have 
they have some very exciting attacking players. They just haven't quite found the blend and haven't consistently got the ball into the box enough, probably as well. Although they did a, they did all right last night against Manchester United under twenty ones, even though they lost. They just didn't take their chances that day. But Tyler wasn't playing, so you know I think those sort of games you have to sort of count off on your own, don't you? There, you know, it's nice to get to a cup final, but it doesn't really uh, tell you much about the team as a whole. No, no, very much so. Um, when it comes to yesterday's result, I think it was quite a change team as well, wasn't it? You mentioned Tyler Walker yeah. wasn't playing, but I think it was, it was, it was. Shall we say not an understrength team, but it was, it was mixed up with players that maybe haven't played in the past few weeks. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, it was. Uh, I would. I, managers never like you saying it's the B team because they don't want players to think they're in the B team. But it was players that uh, are on the fringe who haven't had many games. Who, frankly you wouldn't expect to get many games if everyone stays fit up to Christmas. I mean, after Christmas, you'd expect Michael Appleton will make quite a few changes and try and um, put his imprint on the squad. But at the moment, he's got to, like all managers, go with what he's got for the next couple of months. Talking about, obviously, him putting his stamp on the, on the squad, I, I suppose before I go on to the question, I wanted to ask, uh, Michael Appleton, I think, was was quite a solid appointment. I think it's going to be difficult to replace the Cowley brothers and, and Danny Cowley in particular, but what did the fans and, and you yourself think of the appointment of Michael Apple? Would you have preferred somebody else or were you quite happy with him? He was one of the names in the frame. There was a lot of others that were there. You know what it's like. Sometimes people claim to have been interviewed or claim to be the approach and maybe it's not quite the situation. Personally, um, once I'd done my research, I was aware of Michael Appleton, but you don't do too much research unless you think you're coming to your club or it's part of your job to know about them. And so I would say that when I knew the name, I knew he'd done well at Oxford and I thought, well, that's a good sign. And then when I went and listened to a couple of podcasts and I read a few interviews and articles that he'd written and those sorts of things, I think he's a, he's a, I think solid is, is probably about the right word is the right person to come in. Now he still does the fan engagement. I, I should say as well, there's probably an outside perception and I, I saw it on um, Quest's programme on uh, last Saturday, and they talked about it's still Danny Cowley's Lincoln City or something, and that's not where Lincoln City fans are. Without going into too much, the way Danny and Nicky left the club have left have left some fans underwhelmed and a bit disappointed at how it all happened. They're always going to be disappointed when somebody successful leaves, of course, but it, it could have it could have worked out differently and there wouldn't have been... For some people, frankly, a, a bad taste in the mouth about how they left. Personally, I haven't, but I think that a lot of people have. And therefore, I don't think Michael Appleton has quite the... Of course, they always say never follow the successful person. But I, I think in some ways, Michael Appleton's... He won't perhaps know this, but his his way into Lincoln City is not so much, oh, Danny did it this way, Danny did it that way. I don't think he'll get quite as much of that as he may have done if the the way that Danny and Nicky had, had moved on had, had worked out differently. I, I didn't have this question wrote down, but I suppose it does does make me think. With Danny Cowley's move to Huddersfield, were you surprised that he went to Huddersfield? That, I, I kind of was. I thought maybe a club on a more of an upward trajectory would have been more of his appointment. Yeah, so I'm, I, I kind of, from, from where are we now, May, June last year, I felt things change at Lincoln City and I felt that the, them moving on was coming sooner rather than later. Um, and then there was, there was speculation about clubs like um, West Brom. I think Middlesbrough was one of the clubs that was linked with Danny and Nicky. And some were nearer the truth in terms of how much interest there was 
than others. And then there were two clubs that came up, Sheffield Wednesday um, and Huddersfield. So Sheffield Wednesday, the bits I've read about about the chairman, I, I put it colour. He's a colourful character. That's just not Danny and Nicky. You know, that's not they. They want super safe, um, really solid foundations at a football club. And clearly, Huddersfield have, have worked very hard in terms of financially what they're offering Danny and Nicky in terms of pay. But also, as I understand it, when Danny and Nicky were going to Huddersfield or, or, or were offered Huddersfield initially, they were going, Danny would have been first team coach or something like that. Danny's a manager. You know, he he wants his he wants to be involved in as much as he can at a football club. So I could never have seen that happening. But as soon as you started to see that Huddersfield were, were working hard to get Danny and Nicky to the club, I think they were always going to go. I just think it's it's a bad time for a club to lose their manager in September when you've you've only had a month with the players they've recruited. On the sort of should I say back to Michael Appleton, mm. he's only been there ten days, so I, I, I don't know whether this is even a question that can be asked. But do you see any differences? Do you put any stamp on of of his style on the team? Well, actually, surprisingly, yes. And I've only interviewed him twice. I didn't do his news conference when he came to the club. I was I was off at the time. My first news conference, uh, my first interview with him was both before and after the Blackpool game last Friday. And he and he made a point, and then he clarified it a little bit when he talked on on Quest on the Saturday as well about the need to get some some young players into the into the Lincoln squad and some vibrancy. And if you in fact if you go and look at the average age of Lincoln City, I think I'm right in saying they're the oldest average age squad in League One at the moment. And and he I think some people misinterpreted and thought he was talking about all players, you know, all the older players. I don't want all old players. It wasn't so much that he just. Lincoln, he just felt Lincoln needed a bit more dynamism going forward, and a bit, and and maybe to not take as much time as to get the ball in the box. And so I think what we'll see is that we'll see some of these younger players, certainly, well, possibly in January, but certainly next summer, coming in. I imagine his his knowledge as a as a coach in in youth team football and under twenty threes football will come to the fore with that because it certainly did when he was at Oxford. Then I would imagine there's quite a few of the Lincoln. Um, more senior players are on one-year contracts or in the last year of their contract. And I would imagine just as, as football changes, that those players who've been fantastic for the Imps, by the way, and I, I wouldn't say anything other than they have been great for the Imps, but I imagine they would be moving on. So if you were looking at the Lincoln squad in a year's time, I think the average age will be down a couple of years at least. In terms of performances, you touched on the, the Blackpool game there as well. Appleton's first game was a 6-0 home defeat at Oxford, but he was there about a day. I don't even know if he was actually in charge, just based on when he joined. But Blackpool done quite well this season. Um, yes, it was a defeat, and a defeat is a defeat is a defeat, but there's a big difference between a 6-0 home defeat and a, and a 2-1 away defeat. Could you see sort of shoots of recovery after a few difficult performances in the Blackpool game? So I should be fair to Michael, the, 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 you're right to um, stand on the edge on the Oxford game. It wasn't his. He was just in the crowd. So it was still in, in the record books. It would always be Jamie McCombs, who was the stand-in manager. He, and so if you'd asked me after 20 minutes, had I seen the difference of Blackpool, I would be like, no, we've already conceded two. But I was really <laughs> impressed by the players because actually it kind of felt like they drew a line. And I, and I would give credit to the fans. And you know what it's like when you get a a really vocal away support. And Lincoln's tends to be most of the time, but I thought they were particularly good away at Blackpool. And they almost gave the, it felt like they almost gave the Lincoln players to push forward, but also like, you can't go any back any further. We're going to go forward. And I, and I thought there was a, there was a lot 
to commend them for coming back in the game. Of course, if you give somebody two 0 lead away from home to come back and get something out of the game, you're going to have to play, you know, well and above and beyond. And they nearly got a chance right at the end with Tyler Walker. But I thought there were lots of pluses to come out of the last seventy minutes. But I'm, I'm a great believer in you can only judge a game on one thing. Well, mostly on one thing, and that's results. And at the end of the day, it was yet a, it was it was another defeat. So moving on to Saturday's game, um, obviously we're we're in decent form. Maybe not as much mm. as we, maybe not the form we want to be in. We'd rather be controlling game start or finish. Sometimes we're not. Uh, sometimes we're we're winning, but we're hanging on towards the end. But how we how are Lincoln fans, shall we say, and, and the team potentially viewing Saturday's game? Is it is it winnable? Uh, well, first I think the, there's a degree of excitement. Is I don't know how you define biggest league games. It's one of the biggest league games for me in, in quite a while at the football club. Of course, there are those games that meant you get promoted and they're always bigger, if you know what I mean. But if you want to say a, a run-of-the-mill game, how big does it feel? Well, it feels you know, big for Lincoln fans. It's presumably the Sunderland fans are going to come and make a, you know, a, a noise, which not all away fans do, as you know. But uh, whenever I've seen Sunderland fans come, they're always you know, very vocal. And that will suit Lincoln as the ground down to the ground. I think it's a really good atmospheric ground. And as I mentioned, the six and seven will make plenty of noise. And I'm sure we'll be looking forward with the rest of the fans to having a, a, you know, a good away following. who are going to be very vocal. And I think that could probably help Lincoln. It, it, you know, Maybe I'm clutching at straws a little bit, but I think maybe a, a big match atmosphere, which is what it will feel like, will help them and hopefully they can get something from the game. But, you know, some, the, the run of games they've got coming up off the top of my head, I know Portsmouth are struggling at the moment, but Sunderland, Portsmouth, uh, Peterborough, Ipswich, I think are the, four, the next four games for Lincoln, which feels like it's gonna. we're going to certainly know a lot more about the team at the end of this month. Yeah, I think that that is probably it's probably quite a big month for Lincoln coming up because yeah. you've gone from people thinking promotion hopefuls just all of a sudden you've hit relegation form sitting in the middle because of that. But I think mm. what what would success be for Lincoln this season? Oh, for me, I I I would take survival full stop. I'd have said that to you at the start of the season. I would I'll be honest, I hold my hand up and I'd have said after four games, oh maybe we can make the playoffs. Um that wouldn't you wouldn't be human if you hadn't started thinking that. But genuinely I would take Lincoln surviving because last time they came up into this league, they went down at the first time of asking. You know, and I'll and I'll come back to, to Clive Nates as a as a chairman, you know, who's become the chairman, who was the investor, has now become the chairman of the club, is that you know they're looking to get more and more investment into the club. Once again, you know, of course, they might get the investor with huge amounts uh, beyond everything, but they're getting consistent, trying to get consistent amounts of investment in. And Lincoln's objective, I, 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 it's never been said to me in terms of years, but I would have thought Michael Appleton's got a four and a sorry three and a half year contract. I would have thought that Lincoln, within two years, maybe would like to be two and a half years in in the championship. That's the ambition yeah. for the club, you know, which is a big ambition. You know, let's let's not forget that it's a long time since Lincoln were in what was the championship and don't even ask. So I think we're back in the fifties now. Um, but that is their ambition, and then they want to build from there again. You know, it's a, it's certainly not a case that the story has stopped with the Cowleys. They gave it a you know fantastic lift off, and now it's up to to Michael Appleton to to take it on to the next level. And I, for one, feel that in some ways maybe it's it will in the long term work out well for Lincoln that. Michael Appleton, somebody that knows this level of football better than the Cowleys and maybe can get the right sort of players to take the imps forward. And if there's ever a, a blueprint for a team 
generally seen as a smaller team or a League One team or whatever it may be, getting to the, the promised land, you've just got to look at Bournemouth, who are a very well-run well club, play football in the cliched correct way um, and, and had a, a meteoric rise, but have, have stuck there as well, aren't they? I suppose teams like Bournemouth are, for clubs like Lincoln, very much a club to admire and to aspire to be like. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, they, number one, they proved that it's not about the size of your crowds um, because I think Lincoln are talking about a minor expansion of the ground for next season, which, if it happens, would take it beyond the size of the ground at Bournemouth. So, you know, size of ground is is is, is not the issue. Look, that if you talk to if you if you had Clive on here, I'm sure he would just say that yes, it's an ambition, absolutely to to match a Bournemouth. Why not? They feel it's that moment in history that Lincoln City can have and why can't they be the team that do it but the brutal truth is and we all know this is they could just do with a Russian billionaire to come and help them along <laughs> yes we could actually come to think of it <laughs> <laughs> an American one whoever any yeah. will do yeah. any will do so we, we touched about sort of off air before but um memories of Sunland either at home or away we both struggled a little bit didn't we mm. Absolutely, and you you helped me out with the name. I I can only, and I've been commentating covering the Imps since ninety uh, nine. So that's what twenty years. And I stand to be corrected. There wouldn't have been a league game before now, of course. No. Nope. Um, and the only cup game I can think of was a one nil win in the FA Cup third round. And you, I'm not going to claim credit for this because you told me it was Grant <laughs> McCann who scored the goal. And I all I remember, I don't think I. I've got a funny feeling for some reason I wasn't commentating that day. Or if I, if I was, I wasn't doing it in quite the way I was doing it now because I remember going around to the to the, um, to the the bar and they have like a fan zone around the back of one of the stands, which I should say for some of the fans are going, it's well worth getting along to, you know, it's good food there and it's a nice way to get a bit more out of your game. But they didn't have that in those days. They just had the bar. And I really remember it being absolutely rammed. And there was, I'm sure there were fans of both sides in there. And that was my abiding memory. But I don't remember much about the game. Uh, I think I think you were Premier League at the time, I think. We were. It was the, so for, for the record, it was 98 and 99. It was the third round of the FA Cup on the 2nd of January. We were actually championship at that point, or nationwide division league one as it was. Ah. And but it was our 105-point season. So to have a look at our substitute bench that day, you had Andy Marriott, Gavin McCann, who obviously scored, came on and also had an England cap, Martin Smith, one of the the favourite sons of Sunderland, Michael Bridges, who obviously went on to score 20-plus goals for Leeds the season afterwards, and of course, last but not least, Kevin Phillips. Yeah, and that would explain it as well, because uh, you can tell I haven't done my prep yet for for Saturday, but that was just (laughs) before I took over doing commentary. And so that would explain why I wasn't, I was in the bar rather than working that day, because I would have been watching it as a fan that day, or certainly not commentating, just reporting. So, so yeah, no, so some memories, I remember it was pretty cold as well, but that's about it. Uh, Not much else. Rejigging my memory, actually, reading just through the squad there, uh, Kevin Phillips, was on the bench that day after being injured for four months with a toe injury funnily enough he I remember was on the bench that game didn't come on played the next week against QBR scored with his first touch and the rest in terms of Kevin Phillips's history was in the within the England squad within within two months I think after that and he was championship level so a bit of random trivia there for if anyone cares about my Wikipedia-esque mind of Sunderland football (laughs) club (laughs) um 
one big thing for me as well, I, I always find this quite interesting from an opposition perspective. Um, I always pick three players from the opposition team that I think Sunderland should be wary of. But I think it's quite interesting the other way around. Um, yes. Because often you you hear players you don't expect. There's always one that remains the same. But if you were to look after sort of up to three, shall we say, it doesn't have to be, but up to three players that you think could damage Lincoln on Saturday, which ones would you go for from our side? Oh, I can't think. Oh, you've got me there. I can't even off the top of my head. I'd have to have the names in front of me. I, I, I just think I'm going to cop out slightly and, and say you seem to have gone from lots of 1-1s to suddenly getting a, a, a few wins. Um, Two ones, so I'm, three I'm ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to cop out. I just, I just, I'm not really good on this. Uh, I can't think well, of Mc, any. Well, McGeady's injured. Yeah. So McGeady's the go-to, but I believe he's injured. Well, he certainly was last weekend. Um, outside of that, and the likes of Maguire. Maguire's on form at the moment, but mm. I think because I think for me, for Lincoln's side, I went for Tyler Walker, of course, George Grant, and I think I put I think I put John Akindi in there as well, even though they, they very rarely all play together. I don't think, but Jack Payne's I, obviously a good good player. If he plays, I'd throw one player to watch out for. Um, in an attacking sense, would be Bruno Andrade. Um, he came up. He's actually he was in the the QPR youth team with um, Raheem Sterling. So it, that phrase, he's a friend of Raheem's, I don't know how absolutely accurate that is, but <laughs> he's certainly saying through the same. Uh, then he sort of drifted away and Lincoln got him from Boreham Wood after Boreham Wood had just missed out on promotion in the playoffs two seasons ago. And, he, and he's he's made the jump up and I think he's certainly got championship football in him at the very least. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he moved. I thought he might have moved on this summer, to be honest. He was probably Lincoln's best attacking player last season. And when he's on his game, you know, and and he's he's pretty hard to stop for me. He's got that little bit of extra quality. And then the other player to watch out for would that doesn't perhaps he's he's not a player that catches the eye, but I just think he had a season on loan at, from Bristol City at Cheltenham. And then um, he's obviously now with us. That's Joe Morrell, who's uh, become a Welsh international since moving to Lincoln. And he's just a, he's just a two-touch footballer for me in midfield, which I like to see. I like a player that you know receives the ball and moves it all nice and quickly, rather than faffs around in midfield, which I think too many teams have uh, these days. And he yes. just, he just likes to keep the ball moving. And I suppose in the, they would call him the water carrier to some extent, which I think would be a bit unfair. But he certainly keeps play moving, keeps it going forward. So, final question, as I always ask, predictions for Saturday, if you're a prediction man. Oh, this is, it's normally me doing this. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, um, if a team's going to, oh, I'm not going to, I can't not predict to Lincoln. I always get in trouble if I don't predict to Lincoln. Win. So I'll go, <laughs> yeah. I'll go, I'll, I'll be, I'll go down the middle and be a, be a coward and say, I'll go for a, go for a, a one all draw. Oh, that would be, that would I be. Know. For us, it was such a typical. To form, it? Yeah, it'd just that. be a Jack Ross one-one. I'll, I'll take. I, I'm going to take a one-nil. We've only kept one clean sheet this season. None of them in the league. But I'm going to. I'm going to say we're going to repeat history of 20 years ago. We're going to win one-nil, and I'm going to go for. Oh, this is really going against my actual. This is this is going. This is my heart, not my head. But I'm going to say Will Grigg late one-nil win. It's, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I. I it's, I think it will be a lot if if people think Lincoln are the Oxford United Lincoln. I, you know, hopefully, I'm not proved wrong on this. That's not the real Lincoln City. It's it, Lincoln. Are, if they're going to lose a game, it's going to be a, by the odd goal in the match for me. That they're, they're they're much better than the 
than the run they're on suggests. But they still need to prove that they're much better than that run, really. And and hopefully, you know, if we're if we're talking around what is it? It's January the fourth, I think, isn't it? Yes. The um the return leg, which I already know a lot of Lincoln fans are looking forward to, um, just because it's obviously going to a huge stadium compared to, I can assure you, three years ago the size of stadiums that we were going to. And, um, <laughs> you know, by by January, I'd like to think we're talking about Lincoln in a quite a different way to perhaps we're perceiving them at the moment. And and I, and I feel I feel you will, if I'm honest. I feel I, I feel you'll be fine this season. I think there's nothing to worry about. But, but Michael, I really appreciate you coming on. No worries. Uh, enjoy Saturday, but not too much. Um, <laughs> but thanks See again, as always. Lincoln. Appreciate it. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.